Did you call bank? I called game. <laughs> Welcome back to Calling Bank. We're very excited because we are all the way in US of A. Damon Will here to cover the basketball. It's been an exciting week so far. It's been great to be here, Harry. I mean, we've been looking forward to coming out here and actually seeing games live, and the opportunity to have done so has been amazing. So. Also, Chase Centre, which we went to first, absolutely beautiful new stadium. Absolutely. Love and that. You can tell they put a lot of time and care into that new building. It uh, you know, absolutely shimmers when you're inside. <laughs> it does. And the stadium, I would say, is nearly as good as the team. The Golden State Warriors, who we saw first off. So we saw Golden State versus Indiana and Golden State and Houston. What were our first thoughts from that Golden State-Indiana game, thinking about the two teams? Look, my first thought is that Golden State uh, won early in the season because uh, the whole team played excellent defense. They're very disciplined. Um, and then on the other end, you had Steph Curry carrying uh, a very good offense um, with a lot of uh, shooters around him, uh, which allowed him to you know, move across the floor um, and get open shots. When he's been in a shooting slump, as he has been over the last few games, um, and other players aren't necessarily hitting their shots at a higher clip, you see what we've been witnessing with Golden State uh, over the last few games, which is a more kind of grinded out style of winning games that's more reliant on their defense rather than the kind of exciting offense we saw earlier in the season. And I think that's why, you know, against uh, two teams like the Rockets in Indiana, who are well, they're not very good this year. Uh, those are teams that Golden State should really be able to beat quite handily, with or without Draymond Green. Yeah, I and think they were close games. I think in the Rockets game specifically, their defense was so sloppy in that first mm. quarter. It was just really lethargic. And mm. I think the more and more we see games without Draymond, the more and more we realize how important he is. Oh, absolutely. And we'll get to this. I know Andrew Wiggins is an all-star starter, but Draymond Green is, besides Steph Curry, by far the second most important Absolutely. person on that Absolutely. team. Absolutely. I mean, if we talk about that game, and you know, now we're saying the Indiana loss, and Indiana was without four of their starters. Mm. Um, we didn't expect them to be competitive pre-game. No. They were not only competitive, ended up winning, and probably one of their best wins of the year, given Golden State was only really missing Draymond at that point. Yes. Oh, um, and Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, I just thought that, yeah, as I said, I thought effort offensively was just missing when if you didn't have Steph, it looked like... Yeah, it looked like they kind of mailed it in from the beginning. And yep. when you let a bad team hang around until late in the game, these kinds of things can happen. You have a guy like Justin Holiday hitting a big shot, tie the game. Tory Craig, yeah, who Tory Craig. is not known to be no. an offensive maestro, was no. an amazing game. And I mean, they've only lost four times at this point in time. Um, at home, mm. and since that loss, they've won six in a row. So, and they beat the Rockets twice in that. So, let's well, hold I think that on that as well with the Rockets, like that game that next night, they were obviously tired, but again, started so slow, mm. built a bit of a lead, then Rockets came back in it. It ended up being a really close finish. Obviously, we were witness to Steph Curry's first ever career buzzer beater, which was very exciting. But again, they just seem they seemed a bit. Like, they weren't engaged. And obviously, since that point, we've seen them re-engage. Steph has been shooting marginally better. But, I mean... But interesting we say that as well, because really, when Steph has been struggling, and in that Houston game, as well as the Indiana game, he was struggling uh, offensively. Andrew Wiggins did step up. I mean, if you look at that first quarter against the Rockets, he scored eight points in that quarter. They were down against the Rockets. You continue that in the second half, mm. Wiggins stepped up at points. In, in, in fairness to Andrew Wiggins, who I know many people think is a controversial selection to the All-Star team, he has been one of the most consistent players in the NBA this season. 
um, you know, putting up 15 to 20 points a game, sometimes more, um, on very decent shooting percentages, uh, marking the other team's, you know, best perimeter player. Uh, Andrew Wiggins has been very, very solid. And although he does it in a way that's not always flashy, yep. he is very reliable for them, which is something that's been a knock on him pretty much his entire career. Yeah, I mean, he's not taking those disgusting mid-range jumpers that he used to. He's hitting threes at a decent clip. His defense has improved a lot. I think also, Warriors still don't really know what they look like. They haven't had a full team since Clay has come back. Dre's been pretty much out mm. that whole time. We did note on that point though as well, in the Indiana game especially, and even to some extent the Rockets game, Clay, well, Clay didn't play in the Rockets game, but in the Indiana game, Clay started kind of through pull off Jordan pulled yes. off a little bit as the sixth man. Sixth now, obviously, it it took it's taken him time. Obviously, since then mm. on the winning streak, he's been very good. Jordan Poole. Mm. so I maybe there's he... something to get. And Clay's getting better as well. But in, especially in that Indiana game, Clay was looked rusty offensively. Yes. Defensively, looked much better than I expected. But Jordan Poole struggled as a result in that role. I, I think what Jordan Poole have to learn to deal with is having a less consistent offensive role. There will mm. be some games where the ball is in his hands a lot and he gets a lot of shots. There will be other games when he does not. Um, whereas when you're a starter, the kind of shot attempts that you're getting each game, much more consistent. So it's just an adjustment for him. And I think going, going to the other teams that were played against, the Rockets specifically, yeah. I think it's worth talking about them. They show a lot of raw talent. Like, mm. you never know on any given night who's going to go off, who's going to have a good game. Obviously, they rely very, very heavily on Christian Wood, um, which is understandable. But that team has a lot of potential, but they've got to do something. I think they've got to play the draft quite well for the next couple of the years, build up their talent. Jalen Green was awful that game, but hit a couple of really important shots at the end of the game. As, as Stephen Silas was saying, like, he actually stepped up when it mattered most. Um, and it's promising for that team. There's not much more to say on that. Yeah, but... they're, they're, they're long and athletic, uh, lots of potential all across the board in that team. Uh, we won't know what they look like for a long time or if they're any good for a long time. Might help them to have a bit more veteran talent on the team. But, I mean, they're exciting to watch, aren't they? They've mm. got some shot makers. Uh, they've got some, some dunkers across uh, pretty much every position. You can see what they're trying to do and where they're heading in terms of the backcourt, at least. Because mm. they've really gone... Kevin Porter Jr. is the point guard, and he's mm. the guy running the show. And, I mean, again, this game against the Warriors, eight assists, only one turnover. I mean, that mm. for him... That is would a, have been one of his better... That's exactly. like Russell Westbrook standard. <laughs> you know... Yeah. Um, but Jalen Green, 0 from 11. Yeah, he had an awful game. But so, who was marking him? For a lot of the time, it was Andrew Wiggins. Well, we don't know that for certain. It's <laughs> debatable. It's, Look, it is interesting with their team, though. I was going to finish on this. Mm -hmm. In terms of this trade, date, trade deadline, because you've got two players on there that don't really fit the timeline. One being Eric Gordon, who was important in that game. The other one being, obviously, Christian Wood, who I thought was man of the match from the Rockets' perspective. 19 he points, 15 rebounds. He's probably their best player at this point in time. Yes. Doesn't really fit the timeline. Hmm. So do we see those two being traded? I don't think Christian Wood will be traded purely because their team would be so, so bad. They'd be nearly unplayable. But do they care? I think they're in a position where they want to tank. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not yeah, looking to win in the NBA, you, you've you got need, to be playing a lot of I it. think you need veteran leadership. Like, it's the same way John Wall should be playing, even if it's off the bench. Mm. You need players that are veterans to help these guys grow. I get Steven Silas is like a player development coach. I understand that. 
But Eric Gordon, fine. Christian Porter is a perfect example of working hard, getting the easy buckets. Like he is such a value add to that team that it would seem that it wouldn't really make sense to trade him. Daniel Theus, different story. Like get rid of him as as soon as you can. That was a terrible signing. I think it's just a positional uh, gap filler. Daniel Tice. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, he, it's just you know one of those kind of veterans that you need to plug into a spot in your team. They've got a few vets that they can look to trade away. I mean, we said John Wall. I mean, whether he can get traded is a different story. DJ Augustine's another one who doesn't play. Daniel Thais, Eric Gordon. It, yeah. it doesn't really matter what well, they do. They're, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league probably for the next couple of years. I yeah. think on that point, I think what we saw at the end of the game as well was their reliance on Christian Wood and Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon, I think, took the final two shots, something like that. Garrison Matthews took the... He took the game-winning shot. Again. He had played very well, though. He had he played two, well. He had two four-point But if you, want, if you want a rebuilding team, you actually don't want to rely on your vets for that. You want them at the bench, essentially, like in crunch time, or on the floor, but just directing traffic. Yes. And I think that's the difference. Um, look, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Rockets moving forward. Um, but now we're going to head over to the East Coast because, of course, uh, the next two teams that we saw were the Knickerbockers and the LA Clippers. Um, mm. Now... I'm going to say it here. The Clippers weren't the team that they will ever be because without Paul George and without Kawhi, they have no idea what they are doing in, yes. on offense. Every single possession, I was watching and I was confused. I was like, who do they go for? Marcus Morris has actually been in a bit of a slump and been quite bad. Um, they relied on Luke Kennard, as, for example, on that Wizards comeback win, which was mm, out crazy. of this world. Shouldn't have really been a win, but fine. Um, the, the Clippers can't do anything until they get their stars back. It's that simple. Reggie Jackson is currently the best player on that team. I would say he's pretty much the only reliable player on that team. Zubac maybe to an extent. but The, the, the problem is that the Clippers virtually have no offense now. No. If Reggie Jackson is pretty much the only shot maker um, and shot creator on the team, you're not going to win a lot of games that way. And, you know, credit to the Clippers. Obviously, this isn't how the roster was intended to be played. Yeah. Um, mm. I think they always kind of miss that playmaking aspect of having a real point guard. Um, you know, whoa, Paul, whoa, Eric Bledsoe, please. <laughs> Sorry, Eric Bledsoe has been good uh, in certain games, but I think, you know, as a Bucks fan, having watched a lot of Eric Bledsoe games, eh, there's a lot of the time where he doesn't really direct the offense very well. Um, no. He's an excellent defender. Um, he's an average offensive player. Yep. Yeah. Averaging under 10 points a game this year. Yes, which makes sense. I, I think you can't really... I mean, that kind of shows you just how limited he is, right? If Kawhi and Paul George are out, uh, the fact that Eric Bledsoe still hasn't had a bump up in his uh, scoring numbers, it shows you that he can't really be relied on. What is re- surprising, though, is that they're still in the playoff picture. Yes. Which is the genuinely defense has surprising. Been good. The defense has been good, but in offense, like, no one create, can no. create offense. Yeah, no. It'll be interesting to see what happens when Paul George eventually comes back and if Kawhi comes back this season. I would be surprised right now to say that either. Yeah, either I, I know. I also would be It surprised. seems like one of those years that you're like, we're not going to win. The Clippers have been very unlucky. I know. General, since Paul George was an MVP candidate at the beginning of this season. He was fantastic. He was doing very well. Uh, look, it is what it is. The other, given the roster, I've got to say, for them to be in the playoff picture, yeah. they had 500. Oh, it's very impressive. It's, it's, very, it's impressive. very impressive. They've done very... That's, again, Ty Lue. And Reggie up. Jackson. Reggie Jackson up. really... He really reinvigorated his career yes. since coming to the Clippers. Well done to Reggie. Love to see that. Now, the other team we saw, of course, with the Knickerbockers, who comfortably won that game. Um, 
They seem to be playing like a two-man offensive type of game where yeah. Randall will have the ball on possession, then Barrett will have the ball. Barrett was very good that game. It was obviously, one of his best games. Obviously, um, Randall is up and down. I just don't really know what the Knicks are doing. Can someone explain it to me? Yes. Please. I, not that it makes sense, but I'll explain it. Okay. Uh, Randall had one very good season last mm-hmm. year. And then they got to the playoffs and he largely disappeared. So now the Knicks are in a position where they don't know if he's that guy, right? Can you create an above average offense based around Julius Randle? Last season, it looked like you could. This season, it doesn't look like you can. So they're in a position of, if it's not based on him, what is our offensive identity? I, I don't even know if their offense was above average last year. I think it was average, but, average. but they were better on defense as well. Like their defense yeah. as well wasn't that good. Clippers had no idea what they were doing. Julius Randle this year is averaging 18 and a half points a game. Last year he was averaging 24. Yeah, it's a I big mean, drop off. And yeah. I'm sure if you look at the shooting splits, they've fallen off. Yes, well. co- considerably. Yes. Um, especially from three. I think so he's the, shooting about 30% from three. So then year. given his career today, and given last year was so much better than every other year that he's had in the league, it seems more likely to me that last year was the aberration, not this yep. year. Yep. And so where does that leave mm-hmm. the Knicks? Right? They don't really want to play Kemba. Yeah, Kemba has been pretty awful. Watching him as a, as a starter for the Lakers, you saw glimpses of the New York season. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that he had such a great season. And I think that really is the standard that he can set. I don't think he can get better than that. Problem is, he's a defensive liability. Yes. But so, so is Kemba. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about Kemba. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I was talking about Randall. Watching yeah. Randall at the Lakers. Oh, sorry. Randall That's okay. Lakers. Yeah, look. Kemba is definitely a defensive liability. Evan Fournier sometimes has some good nights, but again... Too inconsistent. He's not... What I'm saying is they need a first option, and that is Julius Randle, but he's not... To me, he's not consistent enough for them to win a lot of games if he's uh, that guy. Um, I agree. The problem is Barrett's not ready yet. No. No. The Cam Reddish trade was trying to, again, bring some youth. That could work, but he's not getting many minutes at this point. He did get a a big ovation when he came on the floor. Didn't really do much. Because he's RJ's good mate from college. Yep, exactly. The Duke boys together. Um, Alec Burke's a point guard. I think, this well, is where the, I think this is where the struggle really comes. They don't, I mean, Kemba has not been Kemba. They need a point guard. Alec Burks is not a starting caliber point guard in this league if no. you want to do anything. And Derek, Derek Rose, Rose is, out. is out. So that's really where the struggle comes in. Mitch Robinson does his job. He's offensively limited. Fournier is probably not worth the contract he's on. No. But they need a playmaker. Um, you know, directing the offense through Julius Randle looks awkward. Uh, Derek Rose at this point in his career seems to me more like a shooting guard. Um, or at best a combo guard. Again, he's not, you know, the table setter type of uh, player. So, I mean, we just watching the Knicks in person, watching them initiate these offensive possessions, even though they handily beat the Clippers, both teams looked awkward offensively. Yeah, very awkward. Do we talk about Sacramento? Yeah, let's speak about Sacramento, because of course you went to the Knicks-Sacramento game. Speaking, are you, are you tying this into awkward offense? Because yeah, <laughs> I, I think that would be the correct, correct segue. Um, Look, obviously I, I was at that game as well. That game was probably more about Sacramento than about New York, to be honest. New York needed an easy win given their recent losing streak. Foibles. Um, exactly. Um, they needed an easy win. Sacramento basically gave them that win. Mm. I, I haven't seen a team on this tour that we've done look so disinterested to be there as much as Sacramento did. 
Well, I mean, if you have every day where your entire team might be traded, like, why would you even bother? Like, they've got good players on it. We've spoken about this before, but they've got good players on their team. Rashawn Holmes is a good player. Tyrese Halliburton is a good player. Davion Mitchell is a good player. Darren Fox is a good player. Are they great? No. But every year, it seems to be the same situation with Sacramento. Um, they haven't had a truly terrible team in a while. And yet they just don't win games. They don't win games. And people have criticised this team and this entire franchise for years for you know having a losing mentality um, and a losing culture. And maybe that's you know just becoming more and more evident. Um, you know maybe it's more about front office changes at this point than roster construction. Their their, their defence the last couple of years has been woeful. Woeful. So that needs to be fixed. Can I, can I say this? I actually did think it was more an effort thing yeah. for Sacramento than anything else. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree with that as well. I, I think also with Sacramento, if you look at their history, we're looking at you know 15 years without the playoffs. That's a long time um, to be without a playoff run. But I mean, like, I can put it down to basics. The basics were in this game. Buddy Hill, to, be effect, to some effect, shot them out of the game. He shot three from 12 from three. The three-point shooting wasn't good enough, and they couldn't rebound. That's it. Buddy Hill has looked pretty average since that botched trade with the Lakers. That's right. To be honest. But it, it literally was... I don't think shoot. he wants to be there. No. no, no. I, don't, I don't think anyone wants to be there. But, and that's the problem. And the rebounding is an effort thing. At the end of the day, rebounding is an effort thing, and the Knicks dominated the board. So The Knicks are a great rebounding team between Randall and Robinson, but... I mean, Robinson, I think, is now injured. Uh, we okay. saw his injury again. Is he there for that game? He was. He did play. Yeah, yeah, so he playing. was. Yeah, he was injured for just the Clippers game. But I think Sacramento's had some players out this year. In fairness to them, Darren Fox didn't play this game, so yes. that obviously is um, going to have an impact. Rashawn Holmes is out with a weird eye thing yeah, for so they're weeks. Were, but they're missing two. No, 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 not, not in this Holmes game. Played. I'm saying he was during the season. I think the issue with Sacramento is that the people, the brass up above, have done such a poor job consistently of making trades. Even like you look at Bogdanovich, right? The the Atlanta trade like again what are they doing uh, the Kings don't really know what they're doing again they have some young talent on that team is De'Aaron Fox that kind of superstar player maybe no he's shot flashes but he's not consistent enough um, so again so you have a team that has a decent offense and an almost historically bad defense um, and that's just not going to win you games in the NBA so something they've either got to shoot teams out of the gym um, by having one of the league's best offenses, or something has to change on the other end. I mean, I like the back. Like it, for them to trade Aaron Fox, I kind of get. I kind of get. And the reason I say that is because watching Halliburton and watching mm. Davion Mitchell, good defenders, both decent defenders, mm. they will get better. But both can also offensively are looking mm. better as the, the years are going on. So if that's your starting backcourt, that's not a bad starting point. Right you need the starting Fox. And it's yeah, a lot of it's a lot of tanking. It's a lot of losing years to end up with what. Davion Mitchell, nearly sixteen, nearly sixteen years. It's you know why you botched picks before. You botched the Marvin Bagley pick. You botched. Oh, that is an awful situation. I also don't think losing Luke Walton has made any difference to that team at all. No, as it often never does. I think I think Sacramento will end like being their sixteenth year without a playoff. I don't think they make the playoffs even close this year. They are on the league's worst losing streak. They've lost seven in a row. That was their seventh loss in a row against New York. That's bad. 
but maybe that's the, but maybe they just tank. Like I, I don't know. Maybe they don't know tank, what they're doing. They've been tanking for yeah. so many years. They're like, not. But the problem is they're not tanking. Yeah, they were not trying, trying to yeah. tank this. No, they were, they're there, trying was, to make the there was one year where they were like tenth, which I think was the closest that they got to actually making. It was when some Dave Yorga, Dave Dave Yorga yeah. was was coach. Mm. Was, they came. Thir- they they got a thirty nine forty three record and came ninth. Yeah, look, they're a middling team that really has to shake something up. Vlad Divac, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. He's not. He's not there anymore. Where's he gone? No, they have a different GM. Who? Where, they, where's they, what's Vlad doing? He's fired. He's, he's gone. That makes sense. Yeah. I back that. James Dolan, sell the team. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, we then move on to, I guess, one of the highlight games, which was Lakers and Brooklyn, uh, in the sense that there was a lot of big names. It was AD's first game back, mm. and boy, did he look awful. Oh, yeah. Very Three rusty. of eight, played about 25 minutes, looked clearly rusty. Lakers won that game quite comfortably, pretty much end-to-end, but mm. you're playing a team that was without most of the, the stars. I mean... Um, you got Edwards, Sharps, and Bembry as three of your starters, and then obviously Harden and Patty Mills. You know, they're missing Durant, Durant Irving. Irving. Um, it's, the Nets just have not been whole this whole season. That whole, no, the drama with Kyrie no. Irving is clearly causing locker room issues, which is probably the most memorable hallmark of Kyrie Irving's career. Honestly. Besides his finals appearances. Well, the, the rumors about James Harden are also supremely worrying if you think about the fact that James Harden could be out of this terrible experiment in a year James Harden has been their most important player since KD went out obviously because Kyrie can only play half the games but I mean what do you do with that team I think unfortunately Kyrie is developing or has developed a bit of a reputation as a locker room cancer and this could be yet another example you know you've got Boston the Cavs the Nets and it gets to a point where teams get very worried about putting a player like that onto their roster. And that's nothing to, to say about his talent, which is undeniable. I mean, he's a very, very talented player. He's very good. But, it, I mean, look at the, the issues. And now that's compounded by Kevin Durant being out for probably quite a long time. Six weeks. Six weeks at least. Um, the Nets season is going the wrong way pretty quickly. Well, yeah, they, they can't get their, their stars on, 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 on the they field. They can't get their roster healthy. Yep. Or well, play. James Harden was also out a couple of games as well. Well, yeah, we're not going to go into the Denver one. We I will, mean, yeah. He, he, he set out that one. Um, yeah. He was good that, in the Lakers game. I mean, James Harden was excellent. Very good. When, when he was on, when, when Harden was on, it was pretty competitive. Yep. When he was off, yep. the Nets had no idea what they were doing. Yeah. yeah. I think you just look at the supporting cast and you, you think, who do you actually go to? Maybe LaMarcus Aldridge... But even then, he's not what he was. Like Cam Thomas is an option. Like that, the rookie that they picked is at quite a steal. Who was great in summer league. Cam Thomas could be a viable option. But again, yeah. without their whole team, they just look. I mean, I know we're not speaking about the, the Denver game, but Javon Carter was four or seven in the Denver game. If you're relying on Javon Carter to try and win a game, I, I think what the problem with the Nets is, and this is exacerbated by COVID this season, is they're not designed to be a deep team. Yeah. They're designed to be a top-heavy team with three of the best stars in the league. And if you can't play those guys, you're a below-average team. Yeah. You know, it's not the Suns. It's not the Warriors. This you know, is not a deep team. You've got a lot of veteran minimum contracts. You've got Blake Griffin hardly plays. LaMarcus, who's at the end of his career. Um, you just don't have a very deep roster. So, yeah. I mean, if all your stars are out, you're going to lose. Yeah. Right. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like the Lakers. Yes. And the difference in this game, and I mean, I was looking at the, the, the stats, Malik Monk, 22 points. I mean... He's been decent sometimes off the bench, and I, I don't think it's like the Lakers at all. If you have the big three of the Nets, 
They are undeniably the they're best better. team in the league. Oh, they're, when they're you better. have when you have the big three of the Lakers, it's an awkward we team. haven't seen it yet. But also, I was going to mention. I know in this game, obviously, the part of the reason the Lakers won is they had their big three versus. Jack Just harder, um, but the supporting cast of the Nets, in my mind, and the Denver game kind of showed it, is a much better supporting cast than what the Lakers have. Well, yeah, you're relying on Malik Monk and Melo essentially for the Lakers. Yes, I yes. I don't really like either of the supporting casts, and I yeah. think both the teams have really sold out to get three stars to have a big three, which is fine if it works. This, but this season kind of shows you the importance of depth during a period like COVID. Players are out all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, injuries don't go anywhere um, at the same time. So you've got players out for being sick, players out for being injured. Yeah. You've got um, yeah, a lot of disruptions. So if you don't have some talent down the roster... Well, it's what the Lakers are seeing now. LeBron's injured. AD missed another game after the Philly game, which we will get to as yeah. well. I, I mean, Stanley Johnson has looked like their most promising player, and he was on a ten, two 10-day contracts. He's now on a two-year contract. Taylor Horton Tuck has been awful. Um, Austin Reeves is fine, but again, defensively, Austin has no line of rookie. Austin Reeves. I know, I know. Austin yeah. Reeves would make no other roster and be playing. I know. To, to be honest, I, I don't wanna... Look, he's fine. He's, he's being asked to do a lot more than he should. I understand. Be. I, I think, as we're moving on to the Lakers, I think it's very clear to say that the Lakers will be lucky. Like, they'll make the playoffs. They'll probably get swept in the first round. They are not a complete team, and they're riddled with injuries. But even without injuries, they're, poorly they, they're hard to watch. They also don't really know, unless LeBron is directing everything. Like, as soon as LeBron goes out, it's similar to James Harden. The difference is, you still have Westbrook and Davis on the floor. When you have those two on the floor, you should still be able to generate off- offense. But can I be honest? The offense has been, when they've been healthy, the offense has been good this season. It's the defense, it's, I know. The defense is shocking. It's awful. And you're relying way too much on a very often injured Anthony Davis because yeah. who else is a good defender on that roster? Westbrook, uh, is, Westbrook is not. I don't know if Westbrook ever has been. Maybe LeBron is. LeBron's a decent defender. LeBron is a decent defender, but he's also 37 years old. Yeah, yeah you're asking a lot for you're LeBron. You're asking a lot. So you've got AD... They're not playing Howard very much. They, they have to be big sellers at the deadline. I mean, the deadline's what, two weeks away? They can't. No one's buying Russell Westbrook on that contract. Maybe in the off-season because he'll be in a $45 million expiring contract. Yep. Which yeah. is insane. But not, not at the deadline. But then what do the Lakers do? Just run out this season, potentially LeBron's second last season? Well, yes. You, I mean, your only other option is Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn. Those are the only no, contracts. Can, can you outside, get outside of the big three, so this is the Lakers situation. Outside the big three, Horton Tucker and Nunn are the only ones not on veteran contracts. I, yeah. I would be surprised if the Lakers don't do something at the deadline. So I do expect them to do something. I just don't think it'll be enough. It'll be nothing of note. Because the I, big three will still be the big three. They don't play that well together. Westbrook has not been good for no, them. No, not uh, at all. Davis has been injured all the time. LeBron's been great. LeBron's great every year. But it's not enough. He's 37 now. He can't, you know, this is not... LeBron of 28 years old. It's not LeBron of yeah. the original run with the Cavs. Yep. Um, he cannot carry this team no. to the playoffs by himself anymore. They can't. And look, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you can't really not bet on AD, a healthy AD and a healthy LeBron at any point. But we haven't seen that this season so far. We've seen yeah. a couple of games. It's been clunky fit. Yeah. We'll it, see how... A lot depends on AD. Yeah. Do, let's, we, do let's, we stick on the Lakers or no, we go back to Brooklyn? Let's... let's. Well, we don't really need to go back to Brooklyn. Let's go to Denver. Let's, we okay. saw Denver in person as well. Mm. 
Again, they looked, Jokic. they looked quite clunky. Jokic was very quiet that game. He was 8 of 13, but didn't really seem to be getting any of his points till the second a, half. It was a quiet 8 of 13. It was a very quiet 8 of 13. I think Will Barton was the guy that really sparked yes. it. Yes. And, and I think at the moment, Will Barton has to be your second scorer, right? He has so many injuries. He can generate his own mm. shots. Uh, he can hit down a decent clip. We don't know when Jamal Murray's coming back. No, he so may it, miss the whole season. Exactly. The interesting thing with that, De- that Denver-Brooklyn game was Austin Rivers going absolutely ham from three. Yeah. yeah. Austin Rivers got 25 points, shot seven of ten from three. They would have that lost was, the game. Exactly. That was the, that was the game. Like, if Brooklyn mm. managed to deal with Jokic pretty well. They managed to deal with the starting five. Aaron Gordon was quiet. Mm. They couldn't yeah, deal with Rivers. I, I think that the Denver team actually looked pretty average. They're, they've got a winning record, but they didn't look... Really, they're, that capable. They're Boogie. extremely dependent on Jokic. Yeah, and he had a quiet game. A quiet game for Jokic is still 10, 8, and 26. But it's because he was in foul trouble for most of the game. They then relied on Boogie Cousins, who was awful, who was absolutely awful. Um, what I was his shooting percentage that game? Boogie Cousins was got 4 eject- of 10. Got, got ejected as well. Yeah, I think, look, didn't help. At the time when the Bucks uh, waived him from the roster, I was confused. But then apparently there's been issues with him in the locker room. and there's been I, Obviously, it's gone. Boogie Cousins. He hasn't been able to fit in anywhere. I think Denver are so reliant on Jokic. They mm. need Jamal Murray back to have essentially a medium big, big three of Will Barton, Jokic, and Jamal Murray. Until that point, they will be a 500 team. They'll make the playoffs, but I don't think they can make any impact. I mean, look, Jokic has been so good this season, and that is the only reason they're even at this record, uh, oh, so because the rest of that team is just not very good. They're mm. a fifth and sixth place team in the West without Jamal Murray and, is... with, and without um, uh, Michael Porter Jr. That's yes. true. Who, who, MPJ was huge for them last, last year. Last year, and they don't have that. I mean, the team is literally... It's just Jokic. Jokic. And what he can create for everybody else. And they are, have got a, a record much above 500, and they look like in the West that they'll come fifth or sixth. Can I be honest? Yeah, it should be MVP again. I know oh. you disagree with this. We're not getting into it now. Into it's now. a discussion for the next podcast, but I think he's been fantastic. He's been carrying that team. You look he has at that been roster. Fantastic. You look at that roster. Yeah. He's per. Is just insane. insane. It's on track for one of the best ever, which is what Giannis had when he won back to back. Watching them play without Jokic directing everything. When he sat down for foul, foul trouble, they was absolutely stuffed. Will Barton saved them at the beginning of that game, and they and, shouldn't have lost. And Nets Austin, had no one. And Austin Rivers saved them at the end. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're moving now to Philly. So you got to see Philly in person. Sands, Ben Simmons. Philly, who are first... Nearly first or second in the East without second, Ben Simmons. They're, they're top four. We will speak to, about the Lakers for one second. So they played the Lakers. AD had a good game. They shot six of 29. Lakers, a terrible three-point shooting team. They put up 87 points without LeBron. I don't think we need to say more about the Lakers. I think in the modern NBA, if you can't shoot three-pointers and you can't defend, you are going to be a bad team. Yeah. But even in this game, again, Philly scored 105 points on a very average shooting night from Embiid, 9 of 20. Mm. Tobias Harris was good. Maxi was good. You know, like, Maxi is looking great. He's 7, 10, and 14. He's definitely softened the blow from not having Ben Simmons. He's yeah. Been, he's been very important. Very important. Will, you were at that game. What were your takeaways about the Philly 76ers? Philly 76ers? Mm-hmm. The importance of Embiid to that team is as important as Jokic is to, to the Denver yeah. Nuggets. Without Embiid, that team struggles Embiid, a lot more. Embiid's been excellent this season. It, the Embiid-Davis battle was one of the best I've seen because mm. obviously they were just going at each other at possessions. It's always mm. a good battle with those two. Exactly. But the thing is, I don't know anyone in the league who can actually stop Embiid. 
like defensively. Jokic? Marcus Sol. Marcus Sol. That is true. Marcus Sol's the only one. Al Horford could have five years ago. I know Joel Embiid was zero from five from three, you know, nine of twenty, but honestly Brooke Lopez as well. Very, very good. Oh uh, okay. <laughs> he he's been fantastic. Like we talk yeah, about his MVP candidate. I think candidate, he for me, watching that game. He just looked unstoppable. This is this is also where I think Daryl Morley has made a bad call with just sitting Ben Simmons and not trading him. They look good with Embiid at MVP level. Tyrese Maxey stepping they up. Actually, the title shot. They 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 could they could come mm. out of the East, especially with all these injuries to the other teams. Mm. I like what their roster is. They are missing one piece. That that's what it. piece like, I mean, do you think? Ben Simmons. Well, we say Ben Simmons. They effectively need they need a, a, another forward. Or a wing. Or a wing. wing. They, need they need a wing. wing. They need a wing. If I'm going to trade Ben Simmons, I probably want a wing. Or someone who can shoot threes. Effectively. Yes, or another point guard. guard and you have Maxi coming off but the bench. Which I wouldn't touch Harden, Maxi. Harden, I wouldn't touch Maxi. Harden fits perfectly there. But I actually think Maxi is a better fit next to Embiid. Purely because he can like he passes the ball. Yeah, and he gets the, out of the way. He yes. gets out of the way. Whereas Harden will, you know, run down the court with lazy. 20, 20 yeah. dribbles and then, you know. ISO, whatever it is. I mean, I like... Uh, I mean, Matisse Thibault started... This game at small forward and, and Danny Green's obviously you know kind of on the dip now. He's thirty five. You, you shouldn't expect him to yeah. start, but probably someone a bit better than Thibault. But Thibault was fantastic. You probably replaced Danny Green. At this oh, point. I love Matisse Thibault, our boy. Now he's so he's so good. in this in this game. He's so good defensively. Yeah. Well, offensively, he's not. He great. shouldn't shoot the ball. No. He should just be a defensive. He, but he doesn't expect. He's he does just a three and D player. He's a three and yeah. D player. In this game, four steals, two assists, two oh, one blocks, two rebounds, eight points. The steel, that's all he needs. It's all he needs. But he does the job. He's the perfect and heavy guy. minutes. About twenty-eight minutes. Essentially, what you need with that team is get rid of Korkmaz from the starting lineup, put him on the bench, and get another piece there. A shooting instead guard, of, instead of Seth Curry, someone that can just hit down. Yeah, instead Seth of Curry seven. should probably be six man. Yeah, yeah. But think about it. If you have Korkmaz and Seth Curry off your bench, that's not a lot of defense. Not a lot of defense, shooting, but it's shooting. Mm. Look, I and think the 76ers have a real shot this year. We say this every year, but Embiid has been unstoppable. If Tobias Harris stays up to... He was 10 of 15 this game, or 10 yes. of 13. Like, that's the stand that you want from the 76ers. If Tobias plays, not to his contract, but close, like even halfway. This is what the Philly head office needs to think about. Do they want to go for the Ben Simmons-Harden thing in the offseason? Or do you want to capitalise on the fact that Joel Embiid is healthy-ish, mm-hmm. and he's having an MVP type year. Do you want to waste that for the potential that next year he may get injured, there may be other problems? For me, I just don't know if the Nets will deal Harden at the deadline. I don't think no, they, they will, won't. but I'm saying deal Ben Simmons then. I don't want to waste it. Bradley Beal. Yes, actually that makes Bradley sense. Bradley Beal is a perfect fit. He doesn't want to be there anymore. No, yeah. he doesn't want to be there at all. That Their team sense. stinks. Like They started really they started well, but well. they've been awful since then. The problem is with Beal, he technically could come off contract at the end of this year. While yeah, that's Simmons true. is there for four years. On, under contract. Yeah, but if, but Bill, what if look, oh. Ben Simmons' value is not what Darren Murray thinks it is. Yeah. No, I agree. And that much is very evident. Also, everyone in the league is sick of the Ben Simmons saga. No, and no one wants to buy in. Look, at this iteration, I, I mean, I've, I've seen other analysts talk about it. Do I think this iteration can win a championship? No. But if they get one piece, they've got a chance. If, if your two stars are Bradley Beal and Joel Embiid, that is a very That's good team with an all-star defensive player in Tyrese... Um, Matisse Thibel. Matisse Thibel. You've got Tobias Harris, who actually should be pretty decent. Like, they really should, especially with the slump that Chicago went through with all their injuries. This season, same as the past two, is all based on injury. If your team is healthy, you will win. A deeper team probably has a better chance. Since since Christmas Day, this has been the best team in the NBA. Easily. Philadelphia. On, on record. 
Oh, and on record, oh, by record, the Suns have looked the best. Yes. Suns have looked the best. Because yeah. I think yes. I think Philly as well aren't getting much attention in the sense they're just flying under the radar. Everyone knows the Suns are good. No one. If you had told me that the the Seventy um, Sixers are second in the East, I'd say no way. Fourth because of Ben Simmons coming out, but they're yeah. doing extremely because of Ben But we we said this last year and probably in years past. I mean, as good as Ben Simmons is, he is not a good fit next to Joel Embiid. So sometimes it's addition by subtraction. Mm. You know, Tyrese Maxey is not nearly the player that Simmons is, but he can shoot. It's all about fit. It's all about fit. Set defensive schemes and fit. Yeah. Hence why the Lakers, with one of the most talented rosters in the NBA, are not good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and unfortunately for this game, I mean, this, if we talk about this game in particular. It was done by three quarter time. Yeah. The yeah. 76 is up by 20 points. It was done. Done. And, and that's quite sad for a team that's Westbrook and Davis. And the whole idea of getting Westbrook was to be competitive in these games, and they weren't. No. Westbrook, I don't know what's going on with him. I hope he's okay, but something is not quite right. But it's also the supporting cast is not good enough. Oh, they're enough. awful. They're awful. The supporting the cast defense, is not like, good enough. I, obviously a long-standing Lakers fan, I much preferred watching Jody Meek starting for us than <laughs> hustling every single game. Like... When, you know, when Xavier Henry used to play, like, that's, that team was awful, but they tried. This team just can't keep up on defense. It's hard to watch. Mm, yes. All right, look, boys, that was a big, big podcast. We have a lot more basketball to get through. We have all the all-star starters, the reserves will be coming out, the rising stars. We have more games that we will be attending in person as well. But we're going to have to save it for the next podcast because we are running out of time. Yep. Uh, we've got places to be, things to do. Thank you so much for joining us. And make sure to tune in very shortly for our next very big edition of Calling Bank. Thanks, everyone.